Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning into localjobnetwork.com radio and our always informative, never disappointing podcast, the LJN Radio Quad. Here, our hosts gather to share their thoughts, ideas, and perspectives on all topics employment related. I'm Tim Muma, and joining me in the quad today is Lynn Molitor. Hello. Jamie Goble. Hello. And a new contributor to the quad, Carrie Freitag. Hello. And quickly before we jump into this episode's topics, a quick reminder for our listeners, you can follow us on Twitter at the LJN and use hashtag LJN radio to tweet a response regarding this edition of the quad and a Starbucks gift card will be awarded for our favorite tweet. Now, as always, our conversation today will touch on a little bit of everything and we're going to start off with Jamie and it has something to do with hiring. Yes. Well, um, we're always doing a lot of hiring as we're growing organizations. So I'm a part of a lot of interviews and just wanted to get your feedback in terms of finding the right candidates for your company, being that it's never easy. And what are some of the things people do in an interview that, you know, it might be going great, they might be perfect on paper, and then they do something or say something and you're like, that's a red flag. I can't get past that. Um, what are those things for you that, you know, you just can't look the other way on? I'm just curious to hear what everybody else has to say. So I can jump in on this one. I'll start. <laughs> one thing that I find kind of off-putting is when someone starts to bash their either current employer or former employer. Mm-hmm. You know, we're looking for positivity, um, you know, how the person can contribute to the organization. And so we don't want to hear so much negativity about their where they're coming from. Because we're, you know, hopefully in two weeks, 14 days, we're going to be their new current employer. And so we wouldn't want to have that same situation. So that to me is always a red flag. I think you can address why you're looking for a new position without necessarily bashing. And, you know, maybe it's a fine line. Mm -hmm. And offhand, I can't think of like an example of, you know, good versus a good example versus a bad one right. unless anyone else can. <laughs> well I like that one Lynn because that does happen a lot and I'm always like oh that's not really something I would probably say and like you said there would be a positive way to just say you know I'm looking for newer opportunities or more advancement or you know more structure or, you know things like that versus you know all the negatives and like you said you, you know it puts you in kind of an awkward place if they're coming into our company and we want it to be a good positive experience and it kind of draws uh, well, is everything always difficult with this person mm-hmm. or some of those feelings? So, right. Yeah. Two sides to every story. Yes. Uh, I've had people ask me what our disciplinary policy is oh. while, <laughs> while I'm interviewing them, when I ask them for questions, which obviously leads me to believe that they've been involved in a disciplinary process previously mm-hmm. and actually directly asked me how many steps until they're terminated. Wow. Oh. It's like, hmm, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a scary one. <laughs> oh, that's a, yeah, that's an eye-opener example. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and I haven't done as much as far as being involved in interviews, but I, I've had a, a, you know, a decent amount of insight into that. And I actually have a friend who hires a lot um, when he's been a, a manager and a couple of things that always stood out to me, though, is one, when they know nothing about the organization. I mean, how um, much do you really care if you don't do any research? Right. And, you know, and, and some people go, you know, go the extra mile and really know every little in and out. And that's great. But you got to at least know something. If we ask about something that's obvious to what we do, whether it's here or wherever we're talking about, 
I think that's a, a big red flag because, I mean, again, if you care about something, you should be really invested into it even before getting the job itself. And it's so easy nowadays. And that's that's so true. 30 yeah. years ago, it might be really tough. You have to make some phone calls and, and be kind of on the sly. Now, I mean, there's so much information out there, which is great. Um, yeah. The other thing for me, and, and it's probably just more of a personal thing, is just a matter of confidence. So when people are using phrases like, well, I think, or they're really looking around the room a lot. And and I don't know, I'm big on just being confident. I know it can be a, a nervous type situation, yeah. but after that first 10 minutes, I feel like you should settle in. Like the first 10 minutes, fine. I get it. It's it's different. Um, but I'm big on confidence. And I just feel if you go into that and and you have that body language that doesn't sell yourself and you're looking all over and you're using, like I said, phrases like I think, uh, you're not sold on on this position for yourself. So I'm not going to be sold on it. And that's, I mean, again, that might be more of a personal side of things, but it's something I picked up on. I like it. I do too. I, I'm a firm believer. You, you've got to sell yourself in an interview. I mm-hmm. mean, that's how you get the opportunity. So I agree. And I think it is important that you know about the company. Otherwise, it doesn't show you a vested interest in really wanting to be there and work there. So that's right. good. Carrie, did you have any other items to add? I know, uh, I know you've had experience. Just and when you ask the questions, focusing on what can benefit the company instead of always what you can get out of things, like asking what the vacation time is. Mm. While that's important, you don't want to be that have that be your first question. Right, right. Good, good. Well, some nice tips there for people who might be in those situations looking to hire. Speaking of hiring, we're going to go right back to Carrie. You wanted to touch on a specific activity and the etiquette that comes behind it. Nowadays, a lot more companies are focusing on having the first step in the process be the phone interview. And I think it's important for people to understand that the phone interview is just as important as the live interview. It's the first step that's going to get you through the door. So I just wanted to talk about some of the important things people should keep in mind when they are been called and get the opportunity to have a phone interview. And one of them you had mentioned before was knowing about the company. Do your research ahead of time. Know the company that you're interviewing for Mm -hmm. uh, when that phone interview comes. But I just thought maybe we could talk about a few other helpful tips. I like this one, and I like how you're talking about it being a formal, important one, because I think a lot of people think it's more of just a pre-screening tool and not necessarily as important. And, you know, having experience in phone screening and phone interviewing as well, I think, you know, those are the easier ones. You have all your notes in front of Mm -hmm. you. You know, you don't have to be nervous. It's over the phone. There's no body language, but can be a little bit trickier where you have to have that excitement and energy and kind of, I liked one of the things said, don't forget to smile. People Mm -hmm. hear that Mm -hmm. over the phone. And I think that's one of those confidence things Tim was talking about as well for interviewing that I think would show through you know, not being on your cell phone. It's never, you know, fun when you get cut out of a call and you have to call back, hey, I was, you know, in the middle of an interview. It's kind of, you know, looks (laughs) unprofessional. So that was, you know, one that I liked as well. And, um, you know, just overall taking your time and being as prepared as possible for it. You have everything in front of you. It, It can be real smooth for you. You know, it was interesting when I was thinking about this question, I've done a lot of interviewing. I don't think I've ever done a phone screen. For the life of me, I cannot recall ever calling up someone to interview them. And I know I don't think I was ever um, called up to have to, you know, be on the other side of things. Mm -hmm. Interesting. But it was interesting because Carrie said it's becoming more popular nowadays. So I think (laughs) that was probably the the key. Right, (laughs) right. But when I was thinking about this, 
I think an important thing here is, especially with cell phones nowadays, you can pick up that phone call, you know, when you're in a grocery store, when you're driving a car. And I think it's okay. And if it's not, correct me if I'm wrong. (laughs) I think it's okay to say, I can't talk right now. Could we schedule some time, even if it's 30 minutes from now, just so that the person is fully uh, committed to the conversation and prepared? Definitely. I'd much rather have someone say, I can't talk right now. Can I call you back? And then make sure that they do call back Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to having the dog barking, having hearing the cashier ring up their food items. Yeah. Or, you know, if... One thing is not to answer the telephone too. If it's not, if you can't talk, you know, let it go to voicemail. If you truly are in the in a bad situation, yeah, I know. Even personally, sometimes I'll call someone, but because it's a cell phone, they answer, you know, and then I can even tell that they're not fully into mm-hmm. the conversation. I'm like, why did you pick up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's a good point in terms of, you know, scheduling time. And a lot of times here internally, we do schedule time so they know we'll be calling. And that's another um, thing as well, though. I think sometimes people aren't prepared in having that quiet atmosphere Mm -hmm. and really taking it seriously. Um, I've actually had people that were driving in their car when they knew we had a scheduled call. Uh And that's so distracting and unsafe. And I feel uncomfortable then. So it's like, (laughs) oh, not good. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Jamie. That's what I was going to bring up. Because you know, a lot of people, they're looking for a new job when they currently have one. So getting making sure there's at least a window of time that you are going to be available, that you can be somewhere private. And maybe even if it's at home, maybe if you have children, you make sure that they're somewhere else. Or if you have pets, they're, they're away where you're not going to hear that. Because any little distraction can really affect you, but mm-hmm. also maybe be a bad impression on the person who's calling you. And the only other thing I would bring up is, especially with phone calls and part of its experience, I've heard a number of sales type calls in working here and then also doing some of the radio programs via phone is is to really pause um, and give sort of a little breathing room between when the, you know, the interviewer speaks and when you start to jump in, because it's so easy to interrupt. It's so easy to step on them. And, and while you might have been doing it intentionally, it just, to me, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. That's a good point. And it's a little uncomfortable. So it's okay if there's a little pause before you answer. Don't feel the need to jump in and, and speak really quickly. Like you're on the phone, as as all of you have mentioned, you have time to prepare. You should be ready for it. Just just nice, casual, make it easy for yourself. Um, that's just something I've noticed doing stuff on the phone as well as hearing some of the calls I've heard around here. And one last little tip, and it may sound a little weird, but you may want to dress for the interview. Mm. Dress as if you were going in to meet the person because it'll kind of put your mindset into a professional mode instead of just laying on the couch in your pajamas and thinking you're having a casual conversation. That's I a like good that. point too. <laughs> Now, Carrie, I wanted to ask really quick, I mean, since you brought the topic, with the phone interview, is that, I mean, that is the f- sort of the first part in the process now, and that, that's what happens prior to a live interview, correct, an in-person one? Yes. A lot of times this is the one that's going to tell whether or not you're going to come in and get to meet the person and actually let them see you and um, hear more about the position. So you have to take the phone screen, extremely important. I mean, really, all steps in an interview process are important, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even from the the pre-screening questions that you may answer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then all the way through the any in-person interviews or follow-up questions. Right. Mm-hmm. That would be a whole nother topic, Lynn, the pre-screening <laughs> questions. Oh, yeah. We could do a whole webinar on it. Not a bad thought. We, we do touch on those in our webinar. So that was interesting. 
Uh, all right. Well, we'll move forward here. My topic is next. And it's a little bit different than what we've been talking about here. And um, it's something that when I did teach for a couple of years, it came up. And it's the difference between being fair versus being equal. For those listening that might have children, you might also have experienced this if your kids are a little bit different. Um, but essentially, being equal is the idea that whatever I give to one person, then I have to give to the other or the rest of them. You know, you might hear that phrase, well, if I let so-and-so do this, then I'm going to have to let, you know, this person do it as well. Uh, and then the idea of uh, fair, as trying to be fair, is trying to give each person what they need to succeed or what they deserve, depending on different circumstances. Um, we recently spoke with a teacher of one of my children who said, you know, it's like if I had to give CPR to one kid, being equal would be giving CPR to all the kids, but that's not really fair because only the one kid needed it. So it's an extreme <laughs> example, I know. But, but that's, that's, I was like worried there. I'm like, what do you the, do? You could only give CPR to one at a time. <laughs> I don't know why they'd all need CPR at once, but that was her point is that I'm not going to give it to the rest of them, even though that would be technically equal. So anyway, my question was in the workplace, um, you know, again, you might hear that, that phrase of, well, if you do this and everybody's going to do it kind of thing. And I understand there might be some subjects that are tricky, especially you're talking about the legal side um, and the legal aspects. Mm -hmm. But I just want to get your thoughts overall on the idea of fair and equal at work. Um, you know, it could even come down to the idea of compensation. People, yes, they might be doing similar work, but there are other factors that go into it once again. So fair, equal in the workplace. Just wanted to get the experienced thoughts of our, of our host today. Compensation was what um, came up when I first heard this. Equal being if someone got the salary increases and you just gave across the board increases to everyone. Mm -hmm. Whereas fair would be as if you give performance based. If you're a higher performer, if you're a top performer, you're going to earn more than someone that just comes up and does the bare minimum. Mm -hmm. So it um, gives people more of an incentive to do better if they know that they'll be paid higher. Yeah, it's interesting. When I was thinking about this one, I um, actually thought of my brother who is in factory work mm. and he purposely does not want to work at a union shop. And I'm, and I don't know a lot about unions, so I have to admit that, but he never wants to work at a union shop because he doesn't think that he'll be compensated for going the extra mile that he feels that he puts in the job. Mm. So he really prefers something that's performance-based because right now he works with a lot of other people that he doesn't think are maybe carrying their weight or, sure. you know, and obviously I only know his side of the story, <laughs> so I don't know the situation, but he always feels that he doesn't want to be in a situation where everyone gets the same because he, he tries to go the extra mile. And so he wants to be recognized for that, so... I always find that interesting, given that, you know, I work in an office and he works in a factory mm -hmm. and we still have very similar ideas on certain things and from completely different work environments. So that's kind of where I look at the fair and equal. Sure. I think about this in a lot of different ways, <laughs> um, you know, thinking about school with my kids, thinking about my husband worked for a union, and I can attest that it was a similar situation with him as well. Um, and then, you know, certain things I feel like have to be equal, like those legal things right. and, you know, certain if all factors are alike, like in compensation with regulations and things like that, of course, I am all for that equality. But when it comes to the workplace, you kind of have to earn your keep, right? And you have to, you know, work for what you're going to deserve as far as pay and opportunities. And I do believe that should be more performance driven. Mm -hmm. So for me, you know, as a manager and as a leader, I, t I want to be very fair 
versus just equal because it will create those other situations where you have other demotivated good employees to Lynn's point like her brother that feel like if it's all equal and somebody's working a lot harder they're not going to be happy either and you can lose good people so I feel Mm -hmm. like in the workplace I feel like for the most part in my mind it needs to be more fair versus equal but of course there's a place for everything and I think there's certain things that you do do need to have equality on. Mm -hmm. I I think that is for lack of a better term, that is fair to talk about it with that. Um, It comes up a lot. I know I've seen a lot of articles and we've talked with people in terms of, uh, you know, working remotely, um, that kind of thing, because it's such, I mean, it is available to so many people. Now, some people can't do it literally, but does that mean then you should say that these people shouldn't be allowed to simply because not everyone can or, uh, but then to your point, Jamie, maybe they've earned it in some way. They've proven their work, that sort of thing. So I, I think to me, it's always, of course, about communication and making sure everybody knows what's going on and to avoid those situations as, as has been brought up the legal side, of course, um, you know, that's a whole different ball game. But where you have some play, I feel like we're all on, on somewhat of the same page here as far as being able to treat it in that way. So um, again, something to think about and you, everyone's situation is going to be different. And um, but just something to, to keep in mind when you're talking about those situations at your own work. We are getting uh, close to the time to wrap up, but of course, we have one more topic and we save that for Lynn. Now, she is, uh, I think it's an intriguing thought that you brought up, and I will uh, let you talk about that in terms of conversations, relationships at work. Uh, Lynn, take it away. So, once again, I get my topic from the TV. (laughs) (laughs) So, recently, an article had come out and the premise of it was, is it good advice to tell women that they need to be comfortable talking about sports in the workplace in order to kind of get ahead or just to, you know, work side by side with their male counterparts? So I found it an intriguing topic. Mm -hmm. So I thought, oh, I'll bring it here and (laughs) see what everyone has to say about it. Um, I know me personally, I've always enjoyed sports. So in the past, you know, I enjoyed talking with, you know, people who were interested in it, but I never really thought of it as a way to like get ahead or that I had to be involved in sports. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, I did when I was, you know, new to my career, I know some of my friends who were males, they thought that they needed to learn how to play golf. <laughs> In order to, mm-hmm. you know, in order to do that networking, uh, you know, out of the office. So I thought it was an intriguing topic and I thought I'd bring it here. And um, I think bottom line is if you want to engage with your uh, your coworkers, you should, you know, have something to talk about. But I don't think you should fake it because I think that could get you in bigger trouble. I agree, Lynn. Mm -hmm. I definitely don't think you should have to do it. You know, I'm also somebody that's interested in sports, so it's kind of an easy thing. But, you know, there are certain sports that I'm not as into, and I'm not going to pretend to like them just because, you know, male counterparts in the office are are interested in them. I think it's one of those things that I liked how it's said in here, you know, be yourself, you know, talk about what you care about. You know, I thought it was really funny to think about, would you ever think about talking to a male about their interest in fashion or cooking or, you know, female related things. And of course you wouldn't do that. So Mm -hmm. I think if you're interested in it, talk about it. If you're not, don't feel like you have to go learn the game of golf or start watching football on Sundays just to kind of get ahead in the workplace. I think that's really, really ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, I could get away with talking about football season and football, but come spring, 
Yeah, if I tried to fake it and talk about baseball and statistics, if it wasn't on the news and a headliner, I would just sound foolish and any Tim, confidence yeah. in that would be gone. Would call Carrie, you, you and I are going to have to chat after the show. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to schedule some time to learn some baseball. <laughs> no, I agree. I, I think, uh, you know, I, I like the flip side of looking at that uh, maybe as a male trying to talk about fashion. I mean, I might have some insight because of my wife and she she is uh, she's big time into fashion, but I'm not going to know half of what maybe another individual might know. But uh, I think it all depends on the situation, of course, if anything. Um, Carrie, I like what you brought up that maybe if it's like a headliner type thing where you you saw it, you can at least mention it mm-hmm. and just mention what you know about it. But don't, as, as both uh, um, Lynn and Jamie mentioned, don't try to fake it because then you're getting to this point where, you're, okay, at what point do you stop? Right. What, what point are you caught mm-hmm. in a lie, which is a hundred times worse than not knowing about something? Mm-hmm. And we've all been there at some point where, oh, you see that movie? Oh, yeah. And they used to talk about it like, <laughs> I didn't see that movie. Um, <laughs> but, I, but, you know, who knows? It might be a situation where that person, male or female, whatever subject it is, maybe they really want to teach you about it. Maybe they want to talk about it. And maybe you're not that terribly interested in, but at least you can have a conversation and, and learn and and at least pick up on some of it. At least then there's still some rapport there as opposed to just, yeah, I know nothing about it and walking away or something. But um, but I agree. Faking it seems like the worst idea You ever. do bring up a good point, though, because it's like even though you may not be interested in the topic, I mean, there's still a way to engage in a conversation mm-hmm. with a group of coworkers on something that maybe you don't know about, but you at least can sit and listen and learn. And, you know, I think I like to just hear what, you know, what's on the latest topics on people's minds. So I'm pretty open. Um, So I would encourage people to just be open to topics. It's not like you have to get into a debate on the pros and cons of the football season or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I know some people, you know, it's like, well, if I don't, if, you know, I don't like that, so I'm going to walk away. (laughs) Um, So I think you do have to balance. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I do think it is a good idea to find some way to engage with your coworkers besides Mm -hmm. just talking about work all the time. Well, and, and maybe you find something that you can weave into whatever your industry is in some right. way. You know, maybe maybe you're in marketing. So if they bring up something about football, uh, you can bring up something about a commercial or, or you know, an advertisement of some sort. I mean, just to, yep. again, keep that flowing in some way and, and show that you, you care enough that you're going to, you know, talk about what you know about. But again... I'll go back to you guys are right on. Don't fake it. Don't fake it. <laughs> and I will say from a sports point of view, typically, at least friends I have, they'll pick up on it right away. You're faking it. And that, that's just so bad. That's the worst. So bad. That's so bad. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, that will do it for us on this episode of the LGM Radio Quad. Thanks again to our many listeners across the country, whether you're listening through our site on localjobnetwork.com or on iTunes as well. Keep in mind, you can connect with any of us uh, here at the Quad by sending a message to Radio at localjobnetwork.com. Hey, let us know what topics you might be interested in hearing us chat about. We're open to uh, whatever you like to suggest. And as a reminder, follow us on Twitter at the LJN is where you can find us. Use hashtag LJN Radio. And again, our favorite tweet will win a Starbucks gift card. And of course, who doesn't like free stuff? For Lynn Molitor, Jamie Goble, and Carrie Freitag, I'm Tim Muma. Thanks for listening to LJN Radio. LJN Radio.